Hello, everyone. I am here with my friend Jen, who is a speaker coach. And we've been waiting a while to get to do this talk and hear more about using speaking to grow your business. So I am definitely all ears for this. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you, Carolyn. I'm so excited to be here today. All right. Why don't you start with giving us kind of an overview of what you do? Well, I call myself a speaker coach, sometimes public speaking coach. What that means for the people who are listening in today or watching the replay is I help you deliver your message from the stage or behind the mic. Sometimes it's on video, on camera, in a video, but sometimes it's behind the mic on an actual stage, like a TEDx stage. I help you deliver your message in such a way that you get paid for your presentation. So sometimes that means you get paid just to show up and you get a paycheck for that. Or sometimes it means you get paid because you're able to offer your programs, services, books, or mm. genius into the world as an item that people can purchase and you get paid through that way. And the people who are supremely lucky and really leverage both means you get paid both to show up and after the fact. Ooh, very nice. <laughs> So how did you get started helping people to do that? Ooh, so I didn't used to be a speaker coach. I actually decided to do that pivot during the pandemic. Many people pivoted. I was no exception to that. But yes, before that, public speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking during the pandemic, and that was actually very fortunate for my business because my business probably wouldn't be here today if I hadn't been speaking virtually during the pandemic. So I know a lot of people experienced a lot of shifts in their business model because they weren't delivering speeches on stage anymore when events pretty much disappeared for a couple of years. I was still presenting for my basement for different companies that I had established relationships with. But prior to that, let's go back 10 years or so. Uh, back then I had opened my company, which is called Waitlist as a public speaking company. So my entire intention behind my business was to deliver health seminars to companies who were interested in offering wellness programming and seminars to help their employees embrace a healthier lifestyle. So a lot of the topics I talked about were, you know, in the beginning, it was how to lose weight because that was okay to talk about back then. Now, not so much. Now it's body neutral and body positive. I'm totally cool with that. So now I talk a lot about maximizing your movement, about how to meal plan without counting anything. I'm not a big fan of calorie counting or supplementation or things of that nature. So it was all based on my own personal experiences because I used to be morbidly obese. And at some point I said, this is where it ends. A year later, I'd lost 100 pounds. So after I started sharing that message, people were saying, Jen, what do, how do I do this? How, how do I figure this out for myself? Because you were able to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And so I walked people through a process as a health coach to find their healthiest lifestyle, whatever that meant for them. And I worked with a lot of women, middle-aged women, women with families, women who had been through all the diets before. We didn't mm -hmm. talk about dieting. We talked about their lifestyle. So I looked at what they were eating, how they were moving, and most importantly, how they talk to themselves. Mm. And that's the piece of my business that I carried forward into public speaking, because how you talk to yourself is probably a good indication of how you try to talk to other people, right? So I create that confidence within Although people when I, I work know, with I'm them. I'm way harder on myself than I am on anybody else, right? <laughs> we are not very kind sometimes. I know I'm not always kind to myself. 
And so I took that confidence piece of it, of the health coaching, and carried it forward to public speaking because I just love coaches. I love everything coaches stand for. I love everything coaches do. And when I became a certified holistic coach through International Coaching Federation, I said, I want to help more coaches bring more of what they do to people through public speaking. That's really cool. I am totally new to this speaking world. Like I, <laughs> I work with some speakers now. I have some clients who are speakers and it's so fascinating to observe what they do. I started this podcast because I wanted to become a podcast guest and I started getting involved with podcasting, but I've never spoken on a real stage and I am starting to think about what it might look like as somebody like me who is a service provider, who helps authors, like what would it look like for me to step into speaking and where would I even start? Yeah, I mean, that was the question I struggled with, certainly when I began my business, because I even knowing that that was my business, I didn't know what I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know a whole heck of a lot at the time. You know, you figure it out, you build the ship as you're jumping into the water. <laughs> that was pretty much how I did it. But what where my heart is for other people who are brand new to it is in the beginning, I recognize that you could find support for public speaking, but usually it was dissected into two different separate areas. And I bridged the gap between those two areas. So the first area is presentation skills. Mm. If you're looking to improve your presentation skills, you can go to Toastmasters, which is where I started. <laughs> you could do AI. There's a tool called Udly that is completely automated that can help you with your delivery of your presentations. Uh, there's a lot of different tools you can use that are low cost, free, um, group, group environment if that's what you really love. <laughs> um, so those tools are there. But what the struggle was for a lot of people like you, Carolyn, is... People wanted to be on a stage. Like, how do you find that stage? How do you connect with people who are hiring speakers? That's a whole separate piece of the business. And that's yeah. the part that a lot of clients that I work with struggle with the most. And I certainly struggled with. So there's a whole process, just like going back to my lifestyle change days. There's a whole process <laughs> to finding the opportunities, connecting with those event planners. Let's take a moment And I here. help everyone with that. Go ahead. I, I think she must mean the Udly, the, the AI. Oh, Udly. So, yes, it's Y-O-O-D-L-I. Ah, oh, with an I. Okay. Yes. Cool. Look into that. I've never heard of using AI for that. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of new. I think it came out in the past year. And if you're a part of Toastmasters International, they have a partnership with Toastmasters, so you can automatically get it for free. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know what the pricing looks like outside of that. I have not used it actually, but um, yeah. So how do you get finding that first stage, right? That's the question. <laughs> well, it all depends. So there are four very distinct markets you can approach when it comes to who hire speakers. Mm. And so those markets would be company or corporate. So if you're a sales coach, if you're a business coach, executive coach, um, sometimes health and wellness coaches, then the company or corporate market might be a good fit for you. Then we have associations, which could be a good fit for any type of coach. And mm. associations are, they could be nonprofit, they don't have to be. But associations get together around a specific topic like association of um, 
knitters or crochet society or something like that. Let's just, just throw some things out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> association of AI aficionados, you know, whatever you want to come up with. There's an association for everything, just like there's an app for everything. So, um, you know, chances are good if you have a very specific topic you talk about, then there's probably an association around that topic as well. So that's another market you could approach. And then there's things like government, like cities, regions, states, community education. Those are places you could approach. This is really good if you're in the health space because there are often community health-based events that you can plug into or do tabling at, things like that. Sometimes there's a presentation you can deliver. And then the fourth one would be kind of like the online entrepreneurial kind of market where maybe they offer a mastermind once a year or they offer like a membership group where they're constantly welcoming people in and they bring in guest experts to teach on a topic that they're not terribly, you know, well-versed in. These are other speaking opportunities you can do. And depending on which route, which audience you want to present to, how you do the application process varies. Mm. So I wish I could dive into all of that, but I don't want to bore anyone. <laughs> There's a lot involved there, but those are some of the different markets you can consider. And all of those markets will pay you to speak. It's just a matter of finding the ones that do pay versus the ones that do the honorarium or the free dinner kinds of mm -hmm. speeches. In general, do you have to, in these applications, kind of pitch your pricing? Or, because that, that seems very scary. But <laughs> is it part of the application of like, if you pay me $200, then I will come and give this talk. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, don't start at $200. You can bump yourself up to 500. It's okay, Carolyn, you can do that. <laughs> um, and yes, usually if you're doing an application and they have a form for you to fill out, there will be a question around, do you charge a fee? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but if they don't ask you that, that's probably a good indication that there is no budget for speaking, or you would have to approach that as a negotiation piece after they accept you. Whew. Yes. So yeah, you do have to be willing to open up the conversation if they don't. Chances are good if you're connecting with someone, you know, they have this great annual you know, event. Even if they do, you still have to kind of know the ballpark. Like if I come in there saying $200 and you're like, well, that's the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> and really whatever number feels good to you especially if you're new you know this is a tough topic for people who are new to speaking or who have spoken for free before they're like well how do I bridge that gap between I'm free right now and <laughs> nope I I want to get paid something for this and then some people choose to do it based on what their current like hourly rate might be for their business model Okay. That's one way to approach that, especially if you're uncomfortable with talking about pricing. If you're pretty comfortable in what you currently charge for your hourly rate or session rate or whatever, then you can kind of translate that into the speaking world. But if you're trying to make speaking a regular part of your income in your business, the first year you speak, I would encourage you to start at 500 to 1000 per presentation. Okay. All right. Nailed it. <laughs> Amanda, who is watching, does a lot of work with nonprofits. And she says this is really challenging because with a nonprofit, you feel guilty charging them and saying a higher number, maybe. Do you have any tips for that? Actually, I found this out from an attendee at one of my recent master classes. I run quarterly master classes on how to find speaking engagements. So I have another one coming in June or July, probably July. 
But what I can tell you about nonprofits, because I, I work with a lot of clients that speak to nonprofit audiences. First of all, let's let's be clear about this. Nonprofits typically do have a budget and do have money. I serve on a local nonprofit um, international coaching federation and my local chapter does pay speakers. I know that because I'm on the inside, but like there are other nonprofits that have money. So don't be afraid, first of all, to bring up the topic. If they say, no, we don't have the budget or whatever, that's okay. But don't hesitate to bring up the topic. And then the other thing I learned is nonprofits have to file all of their information online, including their budgets. So depending on what nonprofit you're talking about, you could probably find their 990 form online, relatively mm -hmm. easy. Um, if you know their name and you know some people in the company and you know the 990 form, you could probably find out what their budget looks like, what the reserves look like, that sort of thing, because that information is oh, supposed to be published. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of that. The thought that came <laughs> to my mind is I know that sometimes end of the year, there can be like, we're going to lose this money if we don't use it. Yes. Nonprofits too, I think. I believe so. And I heard that the, I don't typically speak to nonprofits myself. I usually work with companies, but there is a season for each market that you try to approach. And I've heard that the nonprofit market, like they determine their budgets in like June, July. Mm. So if you get in before they've determined their budget for the next year, then you probably have a little more flexibility around that conversation. But you can certainly look at the previous year's filings to see kind of where they were at. Were they up? Were they down? And that could help you have more information for that conversation. There's so many ins and outs. <laughs> right? And I'm guessing that this is part of what you do when you work with people. Do you usually work with people one-on-one -on -one to help them find the types of stages they want, how to do that application, that kind of thing? Absolutely. So I, I my super strength, I guess, is working one-to-one, -one, private coaching. I don't really offer group programs. I do offer group master classes to get people an idea of where to get started. So that's kind of the 101 level. But for those people who really want to dive deep and go through the process, and again, I can help you with your signature speech. Typically, I don't work with people who already have a signature speech and they just want to find the speaking engagements. I mean, that's great, but I want to make sure your signature speech is like airtight before we really get you going out there because you want to have really great testimonials. <laughs> you offer a, a signature speech template that we have in the description linked. Uh, and so I would definitely do want to hear about that as well. So yeah. you both those elements together, the signature speech and the looking for where to speak it and scaffold those together. Absolutely. So like if you have one piece and you don't have the other piece, I can work with you within a four month container. If you don't have either one, we can get you all taken care of and become a fully booked paid speaker within the course of eight months of private coaching together. So if you're like, I need the full enchilada, I got you. It's an eight month private coaching container and we set the milestones together. So no matter where you are today, if you're like, I just have an idea, we can get you from point A all the way to Z within eight months. Otherwise, I typically work with people for four months because if you already have the speech, great. Then we can work on the booking process, which has its own set of processes around it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if you're like, what is this? What is Carolyn talking about this signature speech thing? I know. I feel like such a noob. Like, what is a signature speech? And what's the difference between that and a regular speech? <laughs> oh, I love that question. So a regular speech is what you do when someone's like, hey, I have this event. Can you come speak? And you're like, yeah, I can 
and then you start cobbling something together really quick. You're like, what do I, what can I talk about for 25 minutes? It's not what a signature speech is. <laughs> That's you like providing value and becoming a guest expert. And you might be doing that for podcasts or mm -hmm. other types of interviews. A signature speech is like your foundational work. So whatever you do, if you're, it could be the main premise of your book. If you sell books, mm. it could be your core coaching program. If you work one-to-one -one with clients, it could be the name of a course. If you offer a course, typically it should have something to do with the main work that you deliver within your business. And your job as a signature keynote present presenter is to answer the why in your signature speech. It's not the how to. You're not giving them the secret sauce. You're not telling them how to get from A to B. You're telling them why the work is important and how you help and give them a tease of what that could look like. Give them the dream, the hope, the end result that they could potentially receive. Unfortunately, that's all the time you have for most presentations because you usually get between 45 minutes and 60 minutes. And while it's great to stuff everything you can into it, it's not so great because no one will remember anything. So keep it simple. That's your signature speech. And that's the same speech you'll keep delivering. Mm. You don't need but a single speech to be a speaker. Yeah. And become really known for that. Like you could really build on becoming known for this one topic, this one thing that you are the best at. Absolutely. And that's where referrals happen. So if you deliver in a dynamite presentation, to one audience, they're going to talk with their friends who also hire speakers and say, did you hear Carolyn the other day? She killed it. Or I was at this presentation with Jen the first time I ever heard her and she blew my mind. That's where referrals happen. And that's part of your branding within your business as well. It should tie into something that you already offer. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Yay. I hope Amanda's still there. I can't see if she's there, but she has any questions. Happy to answer any. Yeah, it's uh, through StreamYard. It's a little hard to tell sometimes, but um, lots of great comments and questions. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I want to ask you. Is there anything that that's coming to mind for you that I have not asked that I should? Oh, this comes up. So I just want to clear a little bit of the myths out there. A lot of people are like, well, I'm going to create my speech. It's going to be beautiful. I'm going to spend months on developing this speech. And then I'll start applying for these different opportunities. It's actually the other way around. Once you know the basics of your speech, which I call the speaker kit, it's your title, your audience takeaways, and your short bio, which you can usually get together within if you do a strategy session with me within 90 minutes, because that's how quick we can work together. But if you do it on your own, it might take you a week to put that together and figure that out. Once you have that, you can start applying for presentations today, even paid presentations, even if you've never done it before. So it's a good thing to be building the ship while you're getting in the water. Then <laughs> You can build your ship right now and you can be ready to sail by the time summer allows you to get on the water. <laughs> but here's why that's, possible and why it might be freaking some of you out. That's okay. Uh, here's why you can get away with that. When you book a presentation, usually it's two to three months ahead of whatever date you book it. Mm. And that's not even from the time you apply for it. Like I'm applying for things right now that don't happen until 2024. Mm. 
So can you complete an entire presentation in six months? Probably. <laughs> right? Like you've point. probably done it before and you probably could get it really beautiful in six months. Mm -hmm. And that way, after you've had those conversations and those negotiations with that event planner, you know how to customize your presentation to make it even more applicable. Mm. Do you have a system that you use to track who you've applied and what the deadlines are and what the response was and when to follow up and all that sort of thing? I should tell you that it's like this super complex CRM or something like that, but it's not. It's a spreadsheet. <laughs> I keep things as simple as I possibly can because I'm still a solopreneur. I do not have an assistant and I coach on top of speak. So I need time to do in the work business rather than just the research and the leads. But yes, I do a spreadsheet and it's very simple. It's the name of the event. It's the link to the event. It's the link to the application, if applicable. Not everyone requires an application. And then it's what I sent as my signature speech because I update my signature speech title according to the audience and what the theme is. It's still the same content. Mm. And then the date that you have to apply by, the date I sent the application in, and then there's a follow-up process after that. So those are the key things that I track. And I haven't always been good with this. And sometimes you just like lose track of things and it ends up in your spam. So please keep track of what you're doing. I know <laughs> that part is tedious and boring, but um, I've let things fall through the cracks by not tracking that. So very important. Yeah. Do you set a goal for yourself of how many places to pitch per month or per week? It varies because I do have a couple of um, companies that I work with that will contract me out to do speaking and presentations. So they have my list of programs mm -hmm. that I deliver for them and they will market me to their client base, like 80 different companies or whatever. And I will get workshop requests from that. So I have two different companies I do that through. So they keep me going at least once or twice a month with different presentations. For me, like if I'm doing a presentation on public speaking to grow your business, I apply to about 10 to 15 of those per month because my goal is to close at least two to three of those every month. Mm. I don't mm -hmm. always get there, but that's the goal. And, and you'll learn this as you go through the process. If you know you only want to speak once a month, that's good information. And I help you clarify that for yourself because sometimes you don't have that much time to dedicate to speaking, which makes sense. But once you understand like how often do you want to speak, how does it fit into your overall business? Then you can set targets and then you can know what your close ratio is. Like, okay, mm -hmm. I submitted five applications this week. How many did I hear back from? How many were yes? I mean, the same thing you would do in your coaching business. Yeah. Very cool. Amanda says she books stuff to have a deadline because when you have a deadline, you have to do it. I love it. You know, you have to motivate yourself somehow. And sometimes the deadline is the perfect motivation, right? <laughs> when other people are depending on you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when did I have to submit this by? Yes. It reminds me a little of the process for nonfiction books traditionally you you don't write the whole book before you send a proposal to a publisher you make the pitch and you have the topic and maybe a table of contents a sample chapter but you don't do all of the work before you know somebody's going to purchase it yeah it, it's like building the ship you know you make sure you, it can sail smoothly and sometimes you will have bumps in the road where people are like let's adjust this sail or let's you know, do this rudder or this anchor here, same process. You have to know that it has 
interest before you like run with it and put all the time into creating the presentation. Speaking just like, you know, many other business models is 80% marketing and pitching and applying and maybe 20% of the delivery. So if you're somewhat confident with your delivery, great. I will help you with the other piece of it, the marketing, the pitching, the finding the people um, that's possible. And it's hard to do when you're new to the market. There's a lot of competition and a lot of events are going back to in-person. So those are some dynamics that maybe didn't exist before that are helpful to know. And it's okay. There's a stage for everyone. Just like, you know, sometimes I feel like there's a book within everyone. I haven't developed my book yet. It's there. <laughs> It'll come through when it needs to come through. But there's a speech within everyone and there's a stage for everyone as well. So the stage may not be, you know, you in a speaker competition on a huge like jumbotron with walk up music. That may not be your stage. TEDx may not be your stage, but there's probably a stage that's perfect for you and for what you offer. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I'm thinking about in terms of in-person stage, looking at local stuff, although I do have a client who's a professional speaker who is like flying around constantly going to talks all over the country and the world even. So like that's that's a whole lifestyle. And <laughs> I don't know if that's typical for professional speakers, but that's what I observe in her. That's the beauty of it. I'm not that type of professional speaker. I have two children at home, so I need to stay close to home. I live in Minneapolis. I could fly to Chicago. I could fly to Milwaukee or drive as the need may be. I could go to Des Moines, Iowa. Those are all within a decent distance of me for driving, and I could bring my family with me if I wanted to. But it's not part of my lifestyle or my desired lifestyle to fly to New Orleans. I mean, I'd love to go to New Orleans, but probably as a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to fly every week and spend maybe a day with my family and then go speak at a different place. So I have designed my speaking schedule in such a way that it works for my family. It works for what I want to do. And travel is not always involved in that. But if you are a person who's like, I'm ready to hit the plane right now, I can speak anywhere you want me to speak. Understand that it changes your speaking fee. If you list a speaking fee of like $5,000, Make sure it does or does not, like you state specifically whether it includes travel and lodging, because mm -hmm. some places will pay for the lodging, but not the travel. Some places will pay for the travel, but not the lodging. And some might think it's rolled into your speaking fee. So that's okay. an important thing to be aware of as well. Make sure they're paying you for all of it, not just you showing up. Oh, that's a very good tip. Yes. <laughs> I not that at all. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been really educational, so interesting. And um, anybody who is watching, do check out the description to get the um, signature speech template. I am going to go download my copy. I don't know what it looks like yet, but I will because I'm going to get it. And uh, <laughs> are there any final tips that you would like to leave us with today? Oh, you know, I forgot to even tell you what the signature speech template helps you with. Oh, my gosh. I just not thinking clearly today. I apologize for that. Sounds great to me. I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> I'm glad you're in. Like, if you're in, go get it. But <laughs> here's what it helps you with. It helps you clarify your speaker goals. Because one of the, the, the three-step process I use to help clients is I clarify what your topic is and who you want to bring that to. Then we work on the consistency of that, like what the process looks like, the follow-up. And that creates confidence in being a fully booked speaker. So the template helps you with the step one of the clarity. It'll help you identify what are your speaker goals. It'll give you some presentation tips 
So if you're somewhat newer to presentation tips, it gives you some specific format to follow, some ideas of engagement to get folks really excited about your stuff. And then ideally, it helps you dream about what that stage is for you. I mentioned there's a stage for everyone. Unless you and I have a conversation, you may not know quite what that stage is yet, but the template will allow you to dream about that stage so that you are clear in what the next steps might be for you. So that's what the template is for. Very cool. All right. <laughs> yes. Love that. And let's give a little shout out to your website. Where can people folk, people <laughs> go to uh, connect with you and learn more? Yeah, my website is weightlesschronicles.com. It's not weight loss. I used to do health coaching. It's, it's weightlesschronicles.com. And if you go to my website, you can see a way you can book a free discovery call with me. If you're like, what does this mean? How can I apply this to my business? I can tell you, it will aid your business in so many ways. You'll start booking calls with clients. You'll start getting paid to speak. You'll start getting paid to share your book share your course. I mean, it changed my life. I know yeah. it will change yours as well. So have that conversation, at least get an idea of whether it fits for you. And then you can go from there and determine what's best for your situation. Okay. I'm going to put this up on the, uh, here we go. Add banner and show. So that is the website. And um, very, very cool stuff. Thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. Thank you, Carolyn. I love the questions you ask. And if you want any support around, you know, you getting onto those live stages, I can see it happening for you. <laughs> Where do you see yourself? Like what stage is ideal for you, Carolyn? Ah, oh, you know, it's, it's been such an interesting journey for me. I used to feel like I couldn't communicate in spoken word at all. Um, like when I was a teenager, I really got into writing books because writing was the only way that I could express myself and communicate. Mm. And I didn't feel like I could sort of off the cuff have conversations with people. And that's a skill that I've learned over time. And now I really enjoy it. Like for a while I worked as a checkout clerk at a grocery store and I had so much fun just trying to brighten people's day in the, that like two to three minutes I would have while ringing up their stuff, you know, and just practicing with that. And I said, I've never been on a stage. It's not entirely true. I have participated in some panels for some spiritual things. I've been invited oh, yes. to uh, temples to speak um, as part of a panel thing it's just so thrilling it's so much fun it's like so much energy I just love that feeling of connection with the audience and so I'm just like I want more of that I'm addicted yeah, thank you for sharing about your journey and about you know getting started with the conversations it actually brought up something for me that if you don't mind me sharing briefly speaking is a conversation sometimes people think that you go up there you say and spray and then you leave that's not really how it is at least not for the kind of coaching that I offer for speaking. Um, really speaking is a conversation. It's the first of many conversations. So if you're doing your job right as a speaker, yes, you're making impact. Yes, you're blowing people's minds, all that good stuff. But at the end of the day, you're inviting folks to go deeper with you if they want to go deeper with you. So it's just like having a conversation at the checkout line. You're looking them in the eye. You're asking, how are you today? You're, you're learning more about them. You're listening to what they're sharing with you. 
as a speaker, yeah, you don't listen as much as you speak, but you do listen, you do interact, you do engage, and then you invite those folks who are ready to take that next step with you. So understand that it is a conversation and you being you and feeling comfortable about being you in front of a group is where it all starts. Yeah, oh, makes sense. I love the feeling that when you know your subject matter so, so well, that you can just show up and and talk and answer questions and you just don't, you don't have to stress and panic about, well, what if somebody asks about blah, blah, blah. Like you just, you know, you'll be able to handle it. And that's kind of what I do here on this show, because if folks have, uh, no, you, you don't get any prep for coming on and being a guest here. You just get your topic and then I ask questions as they come to me and you have to answer off the cuff. And so you do have to sort of know your topic very well, but I enjoy that when I do any kind of speaking that I'm doing is just being comfortable and confident in my knowledge that whatever comes up, I'm going to be able to handle it. Yeah. And that's the, that's the test of a true expert, right? You could riff off of all of these topics, but you also understand that what matters is what people need from you in that space and that time that you're sharing. And sometimes it's not more information, mm. right? It could be, but sometimes that's not what they really need from you in that time and place. So I love that you're willing to be off the cuff. You're right. I did not get any preparation for today. And I think everything went okay. Let us know in the comments if you wanted something else. But, you know, sometimes being unscripted is a benefit, which is why I don't like to script my speakers. I don't script myself. And I think bringing yourself forward is easier to do when you're not married to your content and have to memorize word for word, whatever it is you think people need yeah. to hear because often you don't know what they need to hear <laughs> one of the best pieces of advice that my mother ever gave me actually was was being present and listening instead of preparing your mind what's the next thing I'm going to say you know in that conversation it's just taking it in just listening and whatever needs to to come forth will uh, and I have been putting that into practice for 20 years and it's it's absolutely magical it has served you well, and you cannot go wrong with that. You know, <laughs> what needs to come forward will come forward in the best way possible. Yeah, it's like having faith and trust and just letting it, letting it come forward from within you. <laughs> Absolutely. But still knowing your stuff and still knowing you can go back to that, you know, anytime that's needed and pull it out of your pocket. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, that was fun. All right. We had a little, we had a little side talk there with lots of more good stuff so i hope everybody listens till the end <laughs> sidebar yeah that was awesome oh man i love doing these unscripted <laughs> all right well i will end things there and thank you very much for coming and i know the wait time it's like with speaking like podcasts too often have a long lead time so we we arranged this probably two months ago if not more and finally the day is here Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad we were able to figure this time out. And thank you so much for being a good hostess and for challenging me to be unprepared while being prepared. <laughs> awesome. Thank you.